Hi, it's Sarah Cavell from EI Focus. Thank you for joining us today on the Focused Athlete Podcast. Today we're talking to Gita Anand. Gita is a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist. She's an author and she's Dean of the University of California Berkeley School of Journalism. And she was also a national swimming champion in India. In our conversation today, she talks about how sports has helped her really get to where she is today, those lessons that she learned through sport that have helped her become the leader that she is. She talks about overcoming fear and how staying in the game helped her do that. And by doing so, she was able to then enjoy competition instead of being stressed or um, being fearful of competition. And she also talks about enjoying what you do, whether that's in your career or in other parts of your life or in your sport and how important that is, is to really enjoy what it is you're doing. Enjoy this conversation with Gita. Thank you so much. Today we are here with Gita Anand and it's so nice to meet you and to speak been this morning talking with you and I just love to introduce you a little bit more with our audience. Gita is a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist. She's the author of The Cure that then inspired a book called Extraordinary or a movie called Extraordinary Measures and currently she's the dean at the University of California Berkeley Graduate School of Journalism. Gita was also a national champion swimmer in India and we would love to talk to you and learn more about, you know, how did your emotions as an athlete while you were a swimmer um, affect your performance as a swimmer? And then maybe share a little bit how those same kind of skills and tools that you used in athletics help you as a leader today. Um, I guess the, the most important um, or the biggest um, emotion that I experienced and had to overcome in swimming was fear. Fear of competing, fear of not doing my best, fear of losing. Um, I would get so nervous for competitions that I would be um, just in, in stress for days leading up to it. And it would just draw energy from me. Um, but then I loved winning. So like the experience of winning was so uh, euphoric that it drove, you know, it um, motivated me to continue swimming in spite of the fear and the stress of competition. And what I learned by competing um, again and again and again um, was that it's possible uh, if you do it enough to overcome the fear. Mm. Um, and that you could actually enjoy competition if you were prepared enough, um, if it wasn't so painful to actually compete because you had trained well enough. Um, and that, and, all, and I also learned that um, winning and the euphoria isn't everything if you actually don't love what you do. Mm. Um, and these were two really important things that athletics taught me that um, have informed my whole life. And so 
I um, was elevated quite quickly in my career in academia to dean. I had just come to Berkeley uh, three years ago, and then a certain set of circumstances led me to raise my hand to be dean. Um, but I hadn't been in administration, and I this was I had to learn so many new things. Um, and so it was um, a fearful experience um, being um, uh, tapped to, to lead a whole school in the middle of a pandemic and a racial reckoning and a school that was struggling with its finances. Um, but I just knew that if I just stayed in the game, uh, that I could overcome the fear um, and that I could figure things out, that it just showing up and, you know, every day is almost like a race. Um, every crisis is like a race. Um, and just knowing you can stay with it, you can get through it, <laughs> you might, will win some and do well in some and not do so well in some, and that the fear won't kill you, that the anxiety won't kill you, that it's sort of part of the experience of life um, was was something I got from, from swimming. Um, and on the winning part and the joy of winning, um, I mean, it, it taught me that not to do things just to win. <laughs> um, and so I sort of did swimming just to win. In the process, I learned all of these amazing lessons in, um, in, in how to live. But I, it led me to actually become a journalist because I learned that you should love what you do and that sort of the end goal of winning doesn't make the whole experience and what you have to go through day to day worthwhile that it's not worthwhile unless you love what you do. Mm -hmm. Yeah and I'm hearing you know when you talk about you're a journalist and you were a competitive swimmer and kind of training yourself to enjoy it and being able to be present. I mean, swimming is such a technical sport and every stroke, every breath matters. And I would imagine also in journalism too, being able to be present in that moment, because if your mind is somewhere else and you're talking to somebody, you know, like we are right now and how I feel when I'm speaking, um, you know, we get lot, we lose track. And, and um, so how, what are some ways that you're able to stay present, stay focused so that um, you ultimately end up winning, but you can also enjoy those moments? Um, yeah, I, I think I, I would absolutely agree that you, with sport, maybe any sport, but um, definitely swimming, you want to be, you need to be present, um, feeling each stroke. Um, and so in journalism, absolutely, you're interviewing someone and you can't lose your train of thought. Um, but for me, and I'm, I'm sort of, this is, I'm answering this tangentially and I apologize, but because I actually love talking to people and I'm actually really interested in what people have to say, I'm completely absorbed in the conversation. Um, and <clears throat> I just so enjoy the experience of actually asking people questions and interacting with them. Um, so it isn't that hard for me to be completely present in the moment, but because I'm completely present in the moment, then I'm really enjoying it even more. Right. But you absolutely can't lose your train of thought for a second because people, I mean, because you won't know what the next question should be. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
Right. And getting to the place in your career and also to the level of competition and, and becoming a national champion, um, it's not always a straight path and it actually rarely ever is. It's, it's a series of failures, get up, try it again, try it maybe in a different way. Actually, you said that early on about how each day is a, is a challenge and unique in itself. So how do you keep yourself motivated? How do you get up and go uh, when you encounter a setback? Um, I guess in, in, let me see what I can draw from swimming. Let me think about it. So in swimming, I had setbacks. You know, I, I once went to um, a training program for several months in the U.S. And then I came back to India and in my first competition, I actually did far worse than before because I had learned a new stroke, a new way of doing breaststroke, and it just wasn't working for me. And it was embarrassing and it was disappointing. And I just went back to the pool and modified my stroke with my coach and um, came back and came back stronger. Um, so I guess it was a, that was a learning experience. And how do I apply it now? My career has had lots of zigs and zags um, because I've had lots of competing things that I needed to do, like raise children and also take care of older parents. Um, and I've ended up in places I didn't expect to, sometimes for a different reason mm -hmm. um, than you know, pure journalism. And then I've done, found other ways of doing journalism well. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I didn't um, have a plan when I started out to be, you know, a professor at a university or a dean of a journalism school. I would, it was, you know, I had, I thought I might like to teach at some point, but I hadn't thought beyond that. Mm -hmm. But, um, my parent, you know, I was taking care of my parents. My father got very ill. I decided to actually leave the New York Times because I needed to take care of him. And I was a foreign correspondent flying all over South Asia. Um, so I decided to quit the New York Times and focus on taking care of him and teach. And some, someone suggested Berkeley and I taught a class here. Then there was a permanent professor job open. I applied for that. And then I was hired and, um, you know, other, you know, someone suggested I, um, my colleagues suggested that I raise my hand um, to be Dean. Um, so you never know where things are going to lead. Um, and I, I mean, even though I've won competitions and I've done well as a journalist, I, I am Dean. I believe, I really believe in doing things because you enjoy doing them. And, um, you know, uh, thinking about what's the meaningful, most meaningful thing for you at a particular moment in time, whether it's caring for your elderly father who's very ill or your children um, and looking at your life as a whole and that there are many chapters and that you never know what the next chapter is going to be necessarily, if yeah. that makes sense. Oh, yes. And it, just being present with what is happening right now. And yeah, you, I, I love how you have this, you have a sense of this, you know, just openness and willing to be open to possibilities and, um, being with what's happening right now though is key it's key to happiness too is is the ability to just take hold of what's in front of us right now 
um, with that with that idea of what might be out front, but yeah, because so often it's I mean we think it's all just about us, but so much of it is about the conditions around us at that moment. So I became a swimmer because there was a swimming pool in my apartment building and there was a coach who used to come down there and train people. And, um, you know, I decided to do a little bit of training uh, and then I won one race and I got, or not even one, I think I placed third and I got hooked. So, you know, we think that we're so much in charge of the path of our lives, but as you were saying, it's being open. And sometimes I, if we're, we can be so fearful of letting go of things that we're not open to the possibilities in front of us and being open to them also means <laughs> knowing when to let go and when the, it's, when the game is over and it's time for a new game. <laughs> Very good point. It is so true. Well, I want to just thank you for your time this morning. It is just a pleasure to meet you and to hear about your experience as an athlete and how that's really shaped who you are in, in your leadership and in, in this life. Uh, so thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much um, for um, making these connections of athletics to leadership. I really had not thought of the connection until um, you brought it up. Uh, and I'm just so grateful for it because uh, I think it's actually, it, it just is the idea when, when it was suggested to me resonated so strongly. Uh, I couldn't agree. I, I, and it's, it's, a, it's an honor to be speaking with you and to, to hear more of your story. So thank you so much. And we look forward to talking to you again. Thank you everyone for joining us today on the Focused Athlete Podcast. We would love to stay connected, so please follow us on Instagram at EI underscore focus, on Facebook at EI Focus, on our LinkedIn page at EI Focus, and for lots more information and upcoming events, www.eifocus.org. Thank you so much and see you at the next podcast.